Good evening. A Puritan's Mind brings you the Wild Born News podcast from sunny South Florida. Welcome. I'm Dr. Matthew McMahon. Forty million people bought Dan Brown's fictional novel, The Da Vinci Code. This fabricated and made-up story begins with the murder of the Louvre's curator. But this curator is not interested in simply art. Rather, he is also the grand master of a secret society called the Priori of Scion. The fictional set guards a secret that, if revealed, would discredit biblical Christianity. Before he dies, the curator attempts to pass on the secret to his granddaughter, Sophie, a cryptographer, and a Harvard professor, Robert Langdon, by leaving a number of intricate clues that he anticipates will aid them to this fictional truth. This truth, in this fictional novel, is the location and identity of the Holy Grail. Dan Brown, though, as all good fictional writers, further fabricates the story by identifying that the Grail is not the cup used by Christ at the Last Supper, as fictional legend has it, but rather, fictionally, it is Mary Magdalene's, who, in Brown's fictional account, is the wife of Jesus. At this point, however, Brown has crossed over from fiction to blasphemy by libel. He has written down something false and slanderous to the character and person of the Son of God, who is no fictional person, but the documented and historically proven Son of God and King of Kings. Instead, in Brown's fictional book, he continues to slander Christ by attempting to demonstrate that Mary, Jesus' supposed wife, carried on the royal bloodline of Christ by giving birth to his child. The priori guards the secret location of Mary's tomb and serves to protect the bloodline of Jesus that has continued to this day. As it is marked on the cover, yes, this is a work of fiction. However, in order to confuse or possibly instigate conversation among his popular audience, Brown writes, and I quote, All descriptions of artwork, architecture, documents, and secret rituals in this novel are accurate. The Da Vinci Code, page 1. The unsuspecting and ignorant reader might take this to mean that fiction is fact. And unfortunately, the unsuspecting populace, some 40 million book readers, have utterly been duped. The novel questions the authenticity of the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Brown alleges that, and I quote, Constantine commissioned and financed a new Bible, which omitted those Gospels that spoke of Christ's human traits and embellished those Gospels that made him godlike. Page 234. There is no historical basis for the claim that Constantine embellished the New Testament Gospels to make Jesus appear more godlike. But people are believing a novel of fiction instead of the historical documents of the New Testament that span into the 20,000s. Brown writes, and I quote, Almost everything our fathers taught us about Christ is false. Page 235. However, this is the question that the thinking reader should pose to Brown's fictional book. What will Brown place in the stead of the New Testament? He uses the Gnostic Gospels, fabricated stories called the Nag Hammadi documents, as what he calls the earliest Christian records, page 245. However, this is not only false, but historically ludicrous. In other words, with facts like these that Brown introduces to dupe the reader, one must state emphatically that almost everything taught in the fictional book, The Da Vinci Code, is utterly false. 
Why would Dan Brown then create a slanderous fabrication about the Son of God? Why would he want to discredit the New Testament? Well, Brown follows the suit of his father, the devil, who also wanted to discredit Christ from being the Son of God, even when he tempted the Savior in the wilderness in Matthew 4, right from the very beginning of Christ's ministry. Christ, though, in discrediting the devil and demonstrating his lies, quoted the scriptures and relied upon the inscripturated word of God for his strength and support. Dan Brown believes that Christianity is based on pagan religions, such as the mystery religions. He says, and I quote, Nothing in Christianity is original. The pre-Christian god Mithras, called the Son of God in the light of the world, was born on December 25th, died, was buried in a rock tomb, and then resurrected in three days, end quote. However, Brown, with his twisted and his blatantly inaccurate understanding of the historical record, even of paganism, has it exactly the opposite. The mystery religions borrowed from Christian themes, including the ones that Brown mentions. In many of the ancient cultures, there was always the myth of dying and resurrecting, a demigod, essentially mimicking winter and spring. However, these are never alleged to have been real history. Again, we find a son of the devil fabricating lies in order to attempt to discredit the Son of God, the Savior. The Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years. It is 66 books, 40 writers, all of which have differing vocations, education, sophistication. It was written on three continents, in Europe, Asia, and Africa. It was written in three languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. There are thousands upon thousands of historical documents demonstrating the validity and authenticity of the Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek Bible. Yet, all of this, all of these, are in agreement about every aspect of its doctrine and continuity, which is scientifically impossible unless it be divinely inspired. It is about the one central story, the one theme, the glory of the living God and of His Son, Jesus Christ. The indestructible book, the Bible, has been unexhaustedly attacked by the devil in every age since its inception, since the devil questioned Eve about the validity of God's word. Wicked and sinful men continue to try to discredit God's word in order to exalt their own ideas about what they think God is like. Think about it. If God is who he says he is in the Bible, then most of mankind is going to hell, and atrocities like the Da Vinci Code, the fabricated story, will cause unrepentant sinners, like Dan Brown, to burn in a hotter hell because of their sin. Such men throughout history had often attempted to discredit the Bible to make life more bearable, but as with the rich man, being in torments in hell, these slanderers of the Son of God delude themselves to make life easier for a time, until they reach their day of reckoning and stand before the King, of whom will show no pity or sympathy. They will, upon their judgment, see the wrath of the Lamb. This slander, this libel, these lies paraded as facts in the Da Vinci Code, will also be catapulted into the minds of millions of people worldwide through the movie magic of Ron Howard and acting talents of Tom Hanks. As a result, an answer to this Da Vinci hoax, this Da Vinci delusion, is more warranted, because the populace is not interested in fact. They love fiction if it will make their time on earth more bearable and their sin easier to commit. 
For more information on the utter nonsense of the Da Vinci Code, I implore all thinking people across the world to visit A Puritan's Mind, www.apuritansmind.com. In the next few weeks, there will be information posted there that will lay the truth seeker in debunking, easily, the incredible audacity and stupidity of Brown's fictional book. What was Brown thinking? He was thinking of himself, his paycheck, and how many people he would turn to a dead religion of Gnosticism. In an age of information, what we need is good information, truthful information, not what Brown, Howard, and Hanks are peddling for profit. Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. This is Dr. Matthew McMahon signing off. Good night, then, until this same time next week. This Reformation audio track is a production of Stillwater's Revival Books. SWRB makes thousands of classic Reformation resources available, free and for sale, in audio, video, and printed formats. Our many free resources, as well as our complete mail-order catalog, containing thousands of classic and contemporary Puritan and Reform books, tapes, and videos at great discounts, is on the web at www.swrb.com. We can also be reached by email at swrb at swrb.com, by phone at 780 780- Four five zero thirty seven thirty by fax at seven eight zero four six eight ten ninety six or by mail at forty seven ten dash thirty seven A Avenue, Edmonton. That's E D M O N T O N, Alberta, abbreviated capital A capital B, Canada, T six L three T five. You may also request a free printed catalog. And remember that John Calvin, in defending the Reformation's regulative principle of worship, or what is sometimes called the scriptural law of worship, commenting on the words of God, which I commanded them not, neither came into my heart, from his commentary on Jeremiah 7.31, writes, God here cuts off from men every occasion for making evasions, since he condemns by this one phrase, I have not commanded them, whatever the Jews devised. There is then no other argument needed to condemn superstitions than that they are not commanded by God. For when men allow themselves to worship God according to their own fancies, and attend not to his commands, they pervert true religion. And if this principle is adopted by the Papists, all those fictitious modes of worship in which they absurdly exercise themselves would fall to the ground. It is indeed a horrible thing for the Papists to seek to discharge their duties towards God by performing their own superstitions. There is an immense number of them, as it is well known, and as it manifestly appears. Were they to admit this principle, that we cannot rightly worship God except by obeying his word, they would be delivered from their deep abyss of error. The prophet's words, then, are very important. When he says that God had commanded no such thing, and that it never came to his mind, as though he had said that men assume too much wisdom when they devise what he never required, nay, what he never knew.